It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. It is Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White alongside. Happy to be with you as always. It's week 11. How is that possible? I know. College football. Only three regular season Saturdays to go. <laughs> it just goes too quick. Just It goes too fast. That's- it, it does. The fact that we're talking about such meaningful games here for the playoffs and also for teams to to get bowl eligible. So here we are, week 11. Let's, uh, let's get right into it. Don't worry. We'll talk about TROs and all that fun stuff with Jim Harbaugh and Penn State uh, and the Big Ten and Michigan trying to get to 10-0 and today against Penn State. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, he will not coach. That's all I'll say for right now. The uh, TRO was not not in in-time documents, not in time. So he won't coach this week, but uh, that legal fight between Michigan and the Big Ten will continue on. But we'll get to that game a little bit later because that is the biggest game of the day. And of course, it's at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Thank you, television contracts. But let's start with another 9 a.m. game. Alex, let's go to Lexington. Alabama on the road here against Kentucky. You know, it's it, it's a tricky spot for Alabama. I, I understand that. You come off beating LSU. Uh, can't say it's a look-ahead spot because Chattanooga's on the schedule next week. A big old mox there uh, going to Brian Denny. And then, of course, the Iron Bowl, the final week of the year this year in, uh, in Auburn. Uh, but, you know, this is one of those. Uh, Kentucky getting 11 here. 47 is the total. I actually bet Alabama. I, I laid it with the tide. And I know it is a weird spot. It's coming off. They're coming off the LSU game, which every most years is their biggest game. This year probably did end up being the biggest game on their schedule, even though I would argue that come from behind win against Ole Miss earlier in the year is going to end up being the biggest win for Alabama this year. But I just don't think Kentucky has the horses to play this game close. Now, is it possible that Alabama comes out is flat like they've been in a few of these games and then has to turn it on in the second half and you could get a better number at halftime or at some point throughout the game? Sure. If you want to play it that way, I, I get that. But this feels like Alabama wins this game, something in the in the pocket of 31-17, 31-14. I just don't think Kentucky, even though uh, Leary's been a little bit better recently, I just don't think they have the offense to stay in this game. And I completely agree with you, and I think that is a good play right there, kind of waiting. I lean towards Alabama. I didn't play it officially. I have it on one ticket right here. I just put in here at South Point. But Alabama's playing their best football right now, and Jalen Milrow rushed for 155 yards last week, four rushing touchdowns, another one through the air against LSU. So I like Bama here. I don't think that they let up at all. They know they have one loss on the year. They know what it takes to make it into the playoffs from here. They have to win outright, and I think Nick Saban will have his team ready. I agree. I don't think Kentucky really has the horsepower to get this upset here today, And but you made a good part. Devin Leary, he is he's he's looking much healthier as of late. Mm-hmm. That's That would be the only concern. Well, and also, too, again, Ray Davis has had a great year at Kentucky. Alabama clearly has the offense to slow that down. Uh, Again, it is there is some trepidation here. It is a horrible spot for Bama. But I think when push comes to shove, the talent gets there. They cover this big number on the road in Lexington. Uh, That is right at the top of the hour, an hour from now. I did hear Nick Saban, though, on Pat McAfee's show, and – He's, I mean, he's one of the greatest coaches for a reason. Oh, of course. They're, they're just talking, and he was actually talking about his wife, and he's like, I had to put her in check this week because she was like, man, Auburn's going to be a tough game. And he was like, don't you dare talk about Auburn. We have two more games before that. You're just like everyone else. I'm trying to keep my team focused. We've got Kentucky this week. So, I mean, I think he's, he's a great coach. I think he's going to have his team ready here. For what it's worth, I think this game is more difficult than the Auburn one. But that's a different discussion for for two weeks from now when Alabama goes to Auburn on the show. Uh, we'll have that uh, two weeks from now. That's Saturday after Thanksgiving, the final week of the college football regular season. All right, another rivalry game. Uh, if this game was in the early 90s, this would be the game of the day. Not in 2023, though. Miami on the road at Florida State. The Knowles looking for an undefeated ACC season with a win today against Miami. Alex, it's 14 here behind us. The rest of the market is 14 and a half, though. So you can get the hook with Miami again, total 50 and a half. (sighs) 
I might end up taking 14 in the hook with Miami. I am a little bit concerned about what the Bear, Chris Felica, told us earlier in the week. The quit factor could be there with the Canes if this goes sideways. And for Florida State, they are in need to me. Even though if they go 13-0, I don't see the committee keeping them out. But style points helps. And if you roll it up on Miami, you roll it up on Florida the final week of the year. You roll it up on whoever you draw in the ACC title game, more likely than on Louisville at this point. The committee's going to have no, they can't possibly keep you out of 13-0. They just can't. And you don't want to give the committee any sort of angle to possibly knock you out. Where there is still a scenario here where I would say the most likely scenario a 13-0 Florida State could be possibly left out would be Alabama and Georgia play an epic SEC title game that Alabama wins by one score. Alabama moves up, they're 12-1, Georgia's 12-1. Or if the Michigan-Ohio State game is an epic, Ohio State loses by a score, 11-1 Ohio State, 13-0 Michigan, that would probably be the only way that Florida State could be left out of 13-0. and But don't take any chances. If they roll it up today, it's going to be hard for the committee to keep them out of 13-0. and And so I lean towards Florida State early in the week. Everything you just said, style points, how well they have been playing as of late. And then Miami, quit factor, is Tyler Van Dyke healthy? What are we going to see from them? They have been so unpredictable, whether they are the dog or the favorite. You can't really trust them to bet on them, this Miami team. But now... As the week goes on, as I look into it, the 14 and a half is very tempting because it is such a big rivalry game. And this is Miami's biggest game of the year right now, especially they've got three losses. You know, they're if they don't quit, you know, and they show up for this then this is the game. So I haven't played anything. I I really don't have a strong feel, but I don't mind people taking the 14 and a half. Canes, 14 and a half on the road at uh, at, uh, at Doak there today in Tallahassee. 14 and a half right now on that one. Uh, quickly here, I just want to bring this game up because South Point has a different number than the rest of the market. Vanderbilt's a 14-point underdog behind us at South Carolina. The rest of the market's 13. I would take the 14. I would take the full two touchdowns with the Commodores. 13 and a half, I don't think so. But 14... I, this is just one of those, and we'll get to a team later that I don't think should be as big of a favorite as they are today against anyone within conference play. I don't think South Carolina should be a 14-point favorite against anyone in the SEC, even Vanderbilt, who's obviously had a pretty tough year, to put it politely. The number is, I think the number is just about right, so I didn't even really look at this game too much. I know South Carolina, they need to win outright. They need to win their last three to make a bowl game this year, and they've been pretty disappointing, but... Yeah, I just don't try, trust Vandy enough to take two touchdowns. It's going to be 52 degrees and raining today in Columbia, South Carolina. That is maybe, uh, I don't want to say friends and family crowd because that might be a little bit uh, a little bit harsh, but it's it, not going to be a full boat there at uh, Williams-Brice today uh, for the Gamecocks and the Doors. All right, let's go to, let's go to the Chapel Hill, uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, the Battle of Tobacco Road. Usually reserved for the hardwood, but today yep. on the football field, Duke, 13-point dogs behind us against North Carolina, 51.5 the total. Most of the market at 12.5. There's even, you know what? This is actually a nice collection of numbers out here. 12, 12.5, 13 right now on this one. Alex, what are you doing here with this game? So I took under 54.5 early in the week. I think it's going to be a... Um run-heavy game, especially Duke's running more than most ACC teams, 58% of their snaps. And then their defense has been really good. So I know the Tar Heels have Drake May. I know he's done very well, but they may have to lean on their run game a little bit more here. So I think it's gone down a little bit. Is that what you're seeing? So total opened on Sunday last week at the uh, – at circa at 50 and a half. Behind us, Chris opened this, uh, if my computer would decide to load here, at 50 and a half. So the total's gone up. Up, up, Gone up, up okay. a point. You know, I'm a little perplexed by that. Uh, Riley Leonard not expected to go yet again. Yep. Uh, Duke, I mean, if you look at the offensive numbers when Leonard has not played, they've been brutal. It doesn't matter who's played quarterback uh, so far for the Blue Devils. They're bowl eligible also. 
I, the big question mark is with always, whenever you talk about a North Carolina game, is what does that defense do? Do they do what they did against Syracuse, where they actually look like a competent defense and slowed down a pretty awful offense that ended up coming to be at Syracuse? Or do they do what they did against Georgia Tech and everyone in Miami and 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 even Pitt, where they gave him 24 points in a game that was a lot closer than it needed to be for a while? So well, what are you getting out of UNC's defense? I definitely need the first one here. I yeah. need them to show up for my for my under. But yeah, so it is. A, I got under 54 and a half. I think that is a good number. Yeah. but. We'll see. I, you're right. Duke's on their third quarterback, so they have been struggling offensively, and that's that's what I'm leaning on here. Let's go to a game you and I are both on here. Virginia Tech, Boston College. Uh, Vatek's actually taking some money this morning. Uh, up to as much as three. There's one faraway place that has three. The whole market here in Vegas is a two and a half. Vatek laying it in Chestnut Hill. Total 48 behind us. You and I are in agreement on this game. We both like the underdog in this one. Uh, Boston College at home. I took money line. Is that what you did as well? I took plus two and a little bit on the money line here. I mean, Boston College, they've won five in a row. They are playing really good. I think they should be favored in this game, and that's one of the main reasons why I'm on them. Kind of let you take your... I, I just don't like Virginia Tech. I, I, that That's all it is. I mean, they played above their heads for... An extended period of time. Now, granted, from bowl eligibility perspective for Vod Tech, this is kind of a gotta have it because next week they're probably gonna be a actually we'll, we'll we'll talk about this during the break. They play North Carolina State at home next week. North Carolina State, I imagine, would be a small road favorite in that game, if even a road favorite. And then they go play Virginia, who's been much better, but I would say Vod Tech should be favored in Charlottesville that final week of the season. Again, Boston College had kind of done it smoke and mirrors-wise. They're, they're bowl eligible already. They got the six with a win last week against Syracuse, where I thought they were kind of fortunate to win that game at the Dome. Uh, they were fortunate to beat UConn the week before that. So what are we getting out of Boston College? Is there an emotional letdown from getting to win six? But again, you're at home. Yeah, you got a chance that Boston College, a legitimate shot to win nine games, which would be a heck of an accomplishment for a team that, <laughs> let's be honest with ourselves, a bowl game was a stretch going into the year, and nine and three. I mean, there'll be a small, there'll be a dog at Pitt next week. They will be a dog the final week of the year against Miami as well. But Friday, Friday at Black Friday, noon against Miami. You're telling me Miami wants to show up for that game, right? So I, again, I, you and I agree here. Yeah. I, I, I'll take the price with the team that I think I'll take a price with the team that I think is a better football team overall. And if Vatek beats me, so be it. And we've got a little revenge factor here, too. So uh, Virginia Tech won 27-10 last year. So you know that, you know, Boston College, they are going to show up for this. It is it is somewhat meaningful, even though they are already bowl eligible. Let's keep it in the ACC. Georgia Tech and Clemson. So Georgia Tech is the most erratic team in college football. I, I, I think that's pretty easy to say at this point. They're 5-4. and four. They need to win... One of these remaining games to get bowl eligible, they'll be favored next week against Syracuse. But with the way their yeah. season has gone, who knows what you're getting on a week-to-week -week basis for Georgia Tech. Because over the last five weeks, okay, well, actually, we'll go to the last six games. They handled Wake Forest with ease on the road, beat them by two touchdowns. We're up big early, and then got torched by Bowling Green, losing that game outright as a 20-point favorite at home. They go to Miami. That was the crystal ball doesn't know know how to have his team kneel down on the football game. Georgia Tech wins that game in miraculous fashion. They come home after that, get smacked by Boston College. And then they put up 91 points combined the last two games, beating North Carolina in a big-time upset, and it's smoking Virginia, who had seemingly turned a corner. And now they get Clemson. It's up to 14 and a half. That's a move this morning. I am going to end up with Georgia Tech in the account getting the hook now at 14 and a half. Uh, now, Clemson last week, they finally looked like Clemson again. They, they turned Notre Dame over. They won that game. Now, granted, you look at the way the offense played in that game, Alex, they were poor. They were, they were under 300 yards. They were four yards a play. They won that game solely on their defense. And I just think if, if Clemson's not turning you over, and look, Georgia Tech can turn it over, but if Georgia Tech can play a game where even if they turn it over once, 
this feels like a one-score game. So now that I'm getting north of 14, it's going to be a take for me on the Yellow Jackets here. No play for me, but you make such good points here. And that Clemson game last week, I said on the show, my numbers say I should take Clemson here, but I've just been so high on Notre Dame. But they showed up. They looked really good last week. I definitely could see a little bit of a regression from what we've seen from them. You've talked about Georgia Tech being irrational, and I feel like Clemson is the same way. They have been very inconsistent this year. Uh, Georgia Tech and and look, for Clemson, it's been a massive disappointment anyway. You slice it this year. Uh, legitimate shot. It looked like for a while. I mean, they were a home underdog against Notre Dame last week. The, you didn't expect them to be a home do- underdog against anyone all year long. Um, and look, they still need one more win for bowl eligibility if they get it today. Uh, the North Carolina game, I have no idea what to do with next week. And then South Carolina is a huge rivalry the final week of the year. But the Gamecocks could be playing for absolutely nothing. Um, so who knows what type of effort you'll get in that one. All right, let's go to the Big 12 next. Oklahoma State, Central Florida, Alex. The Pokes, they got a loss to play with. They can lose a game and still make it to the Big 12 title game right now. They go on the road to Orlando. They're two and a half point favorites, total 64. I mean, look, we've been waiting for an Oklahoma State letdown spot for basically a month and a half now. If it doesn't come in this game against Central Florida, I just don't think it's coming. So I didn't bet this game. I just I wish I was getting the whole three with the yep. Knights. If I was getting the whole three, it would be a take. But a two and a half, it's a stay away because Oklahoma State just seems to be defying logic so far this year. Yep, you said it. This would be the spot for a letdown spot for the Cowboys. But, I mean, Central Florida, they had a very unimpressive win over Cincinnati last week, 28-26. to 26, And they didn't even win in the box score against the Bearcats. So, I didn't feel confident taking the two and a half, like you mentioned. At three, I definitely would have played this. Yeah, at three, it's a take. Uh, you know, this is one of those where if you like Central Florida, I would just money line it. Uh, yeah. And I know, uh, look, college games are more likely to land on two than pro games, as we know, thanks to the game goes to overtime, triple overtime, and dueling two-point conversions. Uh, but this would be one of those. If you like Central Florida, just take the price, take them outright. I think it's either going to be a, they win the game outright or Oklahoma State beats them by 17. So uh, it's a stay away for me. All right. A little bit of higher quality game now. Georgia hope, hosting Ole Miss. This is a 7 o'clock Eastern game, prime time in Athens. Alex, 58 the total behind us, which is a market low. This open 11, down to 10 and a half. I didn't, I, I didn't mind Ole Miss at 11. I still think there's a possibility Georgia during this really difficult three-game stretch after mm-hmm. the, the, the outdoor cocktail party with Mizzou. They won but didn't cover a week ago. Um, this game today against Mississippi. And then next week they go to Knoxville. Not an easy place to play, as we know, in Tennessee. Probably had a better shot of beating them last year, even though Georgia was a dominant force. Tennessee was way better than they uh, were. They are this year, a year ago. I just can't get there. Now that we, I missed the best of the number, it would have shocked me if Ole Miss still covers a 10.5. Not at all. Very easily could be a touchdown game. Brock, uh, Brock Bowers is questionable. Oh. If he plays, then watch out. Georgia may look like themselves again. I'm excited for this game. Now, I told the Bear, I said I made Georgia a 14.5 point favorite, and he liked that. But the more I look into it, these two haven't played each other since 2016. So will we yep. see some things from Ole Miss, you know, could we, you know, surprise Georgia a little bit here? Yes, we could. And I would not be shocked if they, they did cover this. I, I played the over, over 57 and a half. I think we see a lot of points here. The Rebels are playing really good and they also play really fast. 10th quickest in the country. Um, they're averaging. 38.8 points and 479 yards per game. And then on the flip side, we know what Georgia can do. And Carson Beck, he's done very good even without his tight end. They're averaging 39.3 points a game, ninth most in the country. Give me the points here, over 57 and a half. Over for Alex in this one on Ole Miss and Georgia. I, again, you mentioned it, they, and it's only going to get worse now with more teams going to the SEC. You can get this where teams just don't see each other for a long time because yeah. of the SEC East and SEC West. Um, and that is interesting. We have, that Lane has not seen Georgia right. since he's been in Oxford. 
uh, as the head coach. Again, nothing for me. In the end, if Bowers plays, I think Georgia ends up winning this game, and I'm going to be pretty happy I didn't end up taking points with Ole Miss. All right, let's go to the big one. Penn State hosting Michigan. Michigan playing their first good opponent of the year. It's November 11th. We talked about it going into the year all year. Yeah, Michigan's schedule's a joke. We're not going to really learn how great or potentially great they are until these last three games. And look, it's been domination so far from the Wolverines this year. They have not played the closest game the Wolverines have played this year is 25 is 24 points. Rutgers did it. 31-7. That's the closest game that Michigan has played so far this year. And now they play Penn State. Penn State, of course, a few weeks ago went to the shoe. Drew Aller struggled immensely, and Penn State fell in that game at 20-12. to It wasn't really that close in that one against Ohio State. Now to get Michigan in their building, we all know the nonsense. Jim Harbaugh not allowed to be on the sidelines for this game. The TRO, which uh, would have allowed basically uh, that they get the uh, get a stay, and and Harbaugh would have been able to be on the sidelines today. That that's not happening, or excuse me, get an injunction uh, on the uh, order of the suspension from the uh, from the Big Ten. That did not go through in time, so Harbaugh will not be on the sideline. It's four and a half, Alex. Total forty five. What what are your thoughts on this game? So you made some really good points yesterday. I'm going to bring up. Go ahead. What are we going to see from Michigan? Sure. You know, is it a letdown spot or does the team rally together? And we already saw JJ McCarthy tweeted out, bet. I hope the whole team did. <laughs> the whole team so, did. <laughs> so you, you know, we're going to have them fired up. We also know that they have played without Harbaugh on the sideline for uh, four games to start the season. I know it wasn't Penn State, but so that made me a little nervous. A lot of people I respect a lot are on Penn State here. So that made me take another over here. I am on over 44 and a half. Little nervous. I know Penn State's defense is a lot better than Michigan has seen, but I mean the average of these two teams playing in the last five years was forty-seven point six. So getting a little bit of value there. I know we're going to see both teams score. People are on Penn State. They have to score to stay in this game, and we've seen a lot of explosive plays from Penn State since that Iowa State loss. In just two games against Maryland and Indiana, Aller has thrown twelve passes. Beyond 20 yards, they're going to have to do that here if they want to hang in with Michigan. So, I think the unification that Michigan's players will have today, they are obviously not happy. Michigan fans, Michigan border region, everyone associated with Michigan is furious with how this went went down. I think it's complete nonsense also. I, I, I get it was an NCAA violation. I understand that. There's no proof that, and again, I can connect the dots. You assume Jim Harbaugh knew everything that was going on under his own roof at Michigan, but there's no proof that he 100% knew what was going on. And I really do think, and Chris brought it up the other uh, yesterday, Desmond Howard on ESPN, who, yes, a little bit biased, of course, Heisman Trophy winner at Michigan. Uh, it, it, like, if this happened in the SEC with Alabama, there's no way Saban gets suspended. The only reason that this is happening and I'm not even sure if this happened at Ohio State that Ryan Day would get suspended for what it's worth. It's because everyone in the Big Ten hates Jim Harbaugh. And they want to see him go down. They don't want him there anymore. And this feels like a whole thing. And I like Penn State as a team. I think they're incredibly talented. I think Drew Aller is going to end up being a really good quarterback there. But he's just not there yet. I laid it with Michigan. I think this is going to be a beatdown today. I think they're going to waltz in to Beaver Stadium, which is obviously a very difficult place to play. <laughs> One of the most difficult places in the whole country. And I think they're going to beat Penn State by three touchdowns. I don't think this game is going to be close. And Michigan is going to prove that, okay, we weren't just beating up on right. mediocre teams because they're mediocre teams. We're beating up on them because we're really good and we're the best team in the country. And I think Michigan proves that today with a convincing win at Penn State, Alex. Could really go either way. I mean, I, I can't argue with you too much there. Desmond Howard, he also made a couple other really good points on Get Up. He said, you don't hate the act, you hate who's doing it. Pretty much sums nah, up what one, Chris how said. I think, yeah. And then he also said, so you're telling me, if you if you think about this in terms of robbery, you're allowed to go on your computer and uh, steal money 
cyber, right? But if you actually go into the bank and take the money, that's not okay. So behind the scenes, you know, stealing signs, which we know everybody does, but now that it's out in the open. So I thought there were some really good points made on that. I, I don't know. I'm excited for this one. You said best game on the board. I'm, I need Penn State to put up some points, though, here. So I know you think Michigan's going to blow them out. But both teams have been really good in the red zone. I don't think Penn State gets shut out here. We'll find out in a, in a little bit. Penn State, four and a half point dogs at home against Michigan. All right. Here's the best play of the day for me, though. We're going to next. Another noon Eastern game, Kansas. Kansas football hosting Texas Tech. You know, we, it's a running joke on this show where normally it's a big, big, doesn't matter what big 12 team it is. I'm on them when they're playing Texas Tech. Yep. You're on Texas Tech. That's not the case today. KU opened three and a half at some shops. Chris opened at four behind us, popped to four and a half. Now back to four right now. Now it's four across the board everywhere. KU laying in. I think this should be seven with the way that Texas Tech has looked. I know Morden is back at quarterback, which is a big step in the right direction for Texas Tech. And we saw that against TCU last week. But Kansas is just way better. And if it wasn't for a collapse at the end of that game in Stillwater against Oklahoma State, we'd be talking about how, wow, yeah. Kansas wins out. Kansas played in the Big 12 title game, which is kind of a thought that even a year ago would have been mind-blowing. But this is a really good football team. They proved it a week ago in a... Just as brutal of a, a spot that you can possibly get after beating Oklahoma on the road against a team that was playing really well in Iowa State, Kansas went there and handled their business and won by double digits. Right. They already got past that letdown spot. Now they're moving on to this one. They're at home. Yeah, you said it on Monday. You were like, I think we're going to be on different sides here. I pulled up my numbers. I made Kansas a seven-point favorite, so I immediately went on my stop point at and took Kansas minus three and a half. I like Tech. I do think they're a good team. I do think Morton will help improve their offense a lot here. But Kansas is the better team here. Um, and you know what? Jason Jason Beanie's been he's been just fine at quarterback. So I think uh, the Jayhawks get it done. Kansas again. I think it's still good at four. I wouldn't lay no again. Even though I think it should be seven, don't lay bad numbers. Don't lay a four and a half if Agreed. it's out there. But four, it's still fine. It's still fine. Yes, of course, if the game lands four, you don't win. If you had, obviously, you'd push it as opposed to that three and a half that was out there most of the week. That's but a great point. Four is, four is fine. I'm okay. With, I, I'm still good laying that. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Because just because we say, I think it should be this or I made it this, doesn't mean I would play it that high, right? I like to have like a well, two and a half, three point. Even UNLV, I waited until it came back down. I didn't get three yesterday. I missed that. But I, Laid three and a half rather than the five and a half, even though I had them as a seven. Well, and favorite. it's also two. Just don't bet bad numbers. Don't bet numbers when you've missed when you've missed the 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 best of the number. Yeah, like for me, three and a half to four. Okay, look, I don't like missing the best of a number, but if the game lands four, you're not losing. If the game goes, game is four and a half. Game lands four. You took a bad number. You lost because you took the bad number. So. Don't go through four. Four is the max on that, even though, again, both of us think it should be more than that. Don't lay bad numbers. Simple as that. All right, Northwestern Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's 11 and a half, Alex. 44 is the total. You know, I, I will say this with Northwestern. I mean, what obviously just everything that happened this offseason, interim coach, Northwestern is four and five and has a legitimate shot to make a bowl game. That's pretty darn impressive with everything that has happened. Uh, but this is obviously a brutal spot a spot for Northwestern coming off that game at Wrigley. They should have won against Iowa a week ago. Now going on the road to a Wisconsin team has just been all over the place, uh, especially the uh, after the injury to Tanner Mordecai. An inexplicable loss last week in Bloomington to Indiana for the Badgers. Yeah, it was it was terrible. I was I was on the Badgers there. And Northwestern actually that game last week really um kept me away from this one because they did hang in there with this Iowa team. I like Wisconsin. You know I want to lay the points here, but I stayed away. Um, just Big Ten has been very unpredictable. You want unpredictable? <laughs> you ready for the next one? <laughs> the lowest total on the board, the lowest total of the year, and lowest total that 
we'll have to confirm with Vinny, but I'm pretty sure the lowest total that we've ever seen in a college football game. Rutgers, Iowa, 27 and a half is your total. Iowa's a one and a half point favorite. Alex, I said it to Vinny and Chris yesterday. I still think 27 and a half is too high. Still think it's too high. And for me, my whole argument on this is Rutgers is a legitimately good defense. Iowa has struggled moving the ball against every defense. How are they going to move the ball against a legitimately good defense? Uh, the only way I think you can get in trouble here, and it is possible, someone throws a pick six in this game, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, I only got 21 and a half, or excuse me, 20 and a half to play with. Um, so I, I think I still think it's okay at 27 and a half under. Maybe even wait, see if you get an opening drive field goal and, and hit a bigger number under. Uh, and with that said, I like Rutgers. I think Rutgers is just a better football team in this game. I, I think this game should be a pick. Take a short money line price on the Scarlet Knights. Absolute stay away for me between these two. I think Chris Andrew said yesterday, he he's like, Iowa should win this game, right? And I felt the same way just looking at it. But what we've seen from them in the last few weeks and their offense is just Terrible. I don't even know what to call it. So stay away from me. That it's that number's too low for me to go under, but definitely not going to take the over with these two. Well, Vinny Maliulo has made his way in the studio. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to bring Vinny in. We'll get all the moves, get everything on the big games that we've already talked about and also the ones we have not yet. Vinny Maliulo with us next. Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grandview Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. South Point Studio is the site. And if you're watching us right now on YouTube, thank you for being with us today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button to uh, help us on the chase for, what is it, chase for 700 now, guys? Chase for 700 uh, there on the YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate all the support we've gotten so far through the first two months of our journey here at Sports by the Book. Alex White is here. I'm Jeff Parles. And Vinny Maliulo has made it inside. Alex, Jeffrey, what's going on? How are you today? I'm good. Good. By the way, happy Veterans Day. Yes. Yes. Hug uh, a veteran. Absolutely. There. Yes. Make it possible for us to do this and everything else. So, uh, what do you say, buddy? let's uh, let's go to the big game. Yeah. Let's go you there. See, uh, you see the uh, activity behind me. I was just with Chris Andrews, and uh, my goodness gracious, what a what a crowd! Lines at the counter, kiosks, phones are buzzing. So here we go. Um, I guess you want to chat a little bit about uh, the game in Happy Valley? That's where I'd <laughs> like to start here. Uh, I, I will say this, Vinny. Mm -hmm. 
I, I made my thoughts clear on the show earlier, and I made them with you and Chris yesterday. I think this whole thing is complete nonsense with Harbaugh. And just seeing the reaction on social media from the players of Michigan mm -hmm. yesterday, this really feels like it's going to go the direction of the Michigan players come out with a huge effort here. And it's interesting to see that the betting market, at least on the side, with the Harbaugh suspension, the game has stayed at four and a half. Mm -hmm. Just kind of showing where, look, Jim Harbaugh is, can, can be one of the best coaches in college football. He can also mean zero to the point spread in this game. Well, I don't think he means zero to the point spread. In fact, Chris and I were just, uh, were just chatting back there, and uh, uh, there's more money coming in now on Michigan. Uh, more on at, Michigan. At the four and a half. Okay. So, um, and, and Chris is, you know, back there monitoring it, it all right now as we speak. Um, certainly, I think the players are galvanized. Uh, Wolverine players are galvanized with this. Um, you know, I, I think he does mean something to it. Uh, but also, it comes down to the players on the field. I think, let's face it, uh, now against lesser opponents at the beginning of the season, right? He, he couldn't coach the first uh, several games to start the season. So I, I think you know, it's not something that's totally a shock. Uh, it's been brewing, so I think they've kind of prepared for it internally. Uh, but I, I, see a, I see a very uh, a focused and galvanized team right here in, uh, in terms of Michigan. Well, at the same time, we still have a very focused Penn State team, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. they know they need to get one of these wins, which right. they already fell to Ohio State, I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, no, it, it figures to be a terrific game. And again, everybody's adjusted to it, right? You, personally, yeah. Do we wish it was later, like, you know, maybe midday or prime time, yeah. uh, our time? But look, we, we've said it all along. Folks have known all along this is a, a nine o'clock Pacific start, right, Alex? And you, as a better, you prepare, you know it, you know it ahead of time. You, you, and that's another reason why there's, you know, even more activity this morning. And it's been busy all night, too. And this is, this is a game that's uh, on on just about everybody's uh, multi leg uh, plays as well. You know, it's it, it's it's just one of those games also where we circle this one at the beginning of the year. Yeah, we, this was. Oh, by the way, um, also, how does this change from the game when you put this up as a game of the year? Not too, it? not too, not much. too much, right? I mean, really, it was uh, really pretty pretty close. Some games of the year, there are significant differences, but this one, not, not too much. We figured it to be a, a, a big game. We knew it was going to be a big game. Uh, and new, just like uh, the, uh, uh, the you know the upcoming game bet uh, between Michigan and, and Ohio State, right? And in a couple of weeks is, is going to be the same type of thing. So some of them really don't move that much, but uh, you know there have been some that uh, that have. This is not one that has moved that much. By the way, the total is what's getting hit this morning more than anything. A lot of total action yeah, this morning. Yeah, getting getting down to forty four yeah, and a yeah. half in this one. Yeah, Vinny, I'll, I'll leave this to you here because uh, we already we touched the, about half of these games this morning that we wanted to get to. What's what's been the biggest movers and shakers so far here? About twenty minutes before the early well, right, window goes. As I was walking in the studio, a lot of uh, a lot of total action. Texas Tech um, number uh, on the rotation one fifty nine, one sixty. Texas Tech and uh, Kansas just went to sixty three here at South Point. I mean, that's a game that uh, that's up a couple of points. Uh, was up yesterday uh, and up up today. Remember yesterday when Chris was pointing out a game that uh, a nine o'clock game uh, uh, that was really getting a lot of attention yesterday. Um, Indiana and Illinois, one ninety one, one ninety two. Yeah, now, uh, that game is down to four and a half. Illinois opened as six and a half point favorites. That game is down to four and a half now. Uh, okay, you know, uh, lots of support for <laughs> Indiana here. You know, QB and running back question marks for for Illinois in terms of injuries. Maybe that's got a lot to do with it. Uh, but yet the totals up uh, to almost forty five. So. Uh, we're seeing we're seeing a, a, a response there, uh, Jeff. You uh, your your favorite uh, your favorite total uh, in, in terms. <laughs> I know you love. Uh, oh, our our Rutgers and Iowa game. Rutgers and Iowa, twenty seven and a half. And as I pointed out uh, yesterday, the uh, Texas State Coastal Carolina first half total is twenty eight, so it's higher. Yeah. Uh, it just well, you, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Vinny, we we talked about this yesterday too, so. Rutgers, Iowa, Oregon, and USC are all going to be in the same conference next year. They're all going to be in the Big Ten. Yeah. Okay? There is a 49-and-a-half-point difference between the totals in those two games. Mm -hmm. 49-and-a-half. Yeah. Which is 
just insane. Just even coming out of my mouth, that sounds insane. But again, it's just kind of a testament. Just again, yeah. that any anything in this sport is in play. Granted, I would argue that Iowa is not playing the sport right now. I don't know what they're doing, but it's not football. <laughs> uh, but it, it's really incredible. And, and also, Vinny, I will say this: mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you this on the air right now, and I, it means more work for you guys. And I apologize in advance. No, go ahead. What's more work on the, on, <laughs> on Black Friday? Yeah, on Black Friday, mm -hmm. Iowa plays Nebraska. Which I would imagine would be the would be a lower total than this game today. Uh, could very well be because Nebraska's not scoring points either, right? right. So Nebraska I mean, and Iowa are pretty, yeah. pretty much the same with Iowa's defense being I, slightly I, better than Nebraska's. I, I was defense. Yes, yeah. I was defense. But I, yes, but Nebraska's offense. They're both off. It, but it's still better than Iowa's, right? It's slightly, but so. yes. I I, I want to see mean, uh, Vinny. I want to see some sort of prop featuring. The total on that game versus one of the bigger games' first half totals. I don't know which game you would, you would pick, but even if okay. it's heck, even Michigan Ohio's, mm -hmm. you, you could you could even end up with a Michigan Ohio State first half prop versus that, and that could still be which almost will, which will be higher, the total in that game compared to yeah. The first I mean, half I would make that another. probably a pick because Ohio okay. State Michigan would probably be a game that's totaled around fifty. I would imagine this year, right? That sounds about right. Maybe yeah. a little lower. Fair. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll forty-eight and a half. We'll, we'll give it some thought. We'll give it some. We thought. got a couple. We got a couple of weeks. I will say this. You're uh, not going to talk about shopping or anything either, are you? I mean, you know, just just. Well, pricing. first off, first okay. off, the whole market, the whole well, actually, <laughs> we just got a twenty-seven in one shop on that Rutgers Iowa game. Yeah. So it'll it it, it it we might not be done yet. Might at not. The bottom might not. Uh, of that one. Plenty of time. 1230 so, Pacific. Vinny, uh, Oregon and USC, we haven't touched on this game yet on the show, uh, but I do want to bring this up here because total 77, which is the highest this week. Uh, USC is a 16-point underdog, yeah. which you just don't see with USC. But, I, again, part of the reason that I don't want to, and I brought this up with you yesterday, and Alex, I'm curious your thoughts. Where this is the reverse correlation game to me today, where if Oregon's going to cover this game goes under the seventy-seven, mm -hmm. and if USC's going to cover this game goes flying over the seventy-seven. Well, it it could it could very well be, and and this is the time of year because there's a committee involved in terms of only four teams making the playoffs. So style points are important, not just scoring, uh, but but also defensively. So I think if you're, uh. If if you're Oregon, <clears throat> you want to showcase some defense for sure. You want to continue to pile up as many points as possible, uh, but you also want to uh, you know l let your defense do what they do. Now you have two teams going in opposite directions here, right? Let's face it. I think when you look at Oregon since the Washington loss, they have absolutely refocused and taken care of business. Um, SC has not been the same since the game at South Bend. Right. And so so you have to consider both of those elements there. Um, the fact of the matter is that the total is up almost four points, uh, you know, from uh, from the opener here at South Point. So some places open it maybe a little bit lower. But, um, you know, we opened at 73 and a half here. It's up to 77. But I, I can understand what you're saying, Jeff. So, you know, if, if, you know, it, Usually the correlation is favorite and over, uh, as you know, Alex, or dog and under. But this one, uh, you know, if you're according to Jeff, and you know, I'd love to hear what what your thoughts are. This yeah. uh, looks like favorite and under. Well, this is actually for perfect style points, too. I mean, yeah, I wanted to talk this out with somebody, but I didn't decide to do this till late last night after my high school football game that I cover. So. I did watch your show, and Jeff actually, he did put that in my head. And I'm like, I do think Oregon mm -hmm. is going to cover. How many points are we going to see from this U USC team? I got over 73 and a half. Okay. So I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy off of it. So now I'm under 77. I guess I have a nice middle spot there that yeah. I could mm -hmm. end up with. That's, I think it's pretty tough to land right on 75. But, yeah, so if I would have talked this – through with you yesterday, Vinny, what would you have suggested me do? I think the, just the, the 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 aspect of style points, not just offensively, but but you know, and piling up points for the committee, especially with a loss, right? If you're you're, you're Oregon right now, so 
um, you you want to you want to showcase your defense too. So so probably towards more towards Jeff's you know thought process okay. there to try to control the game uh, and 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 really not allow S to 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 get on the board uh, at all. So not a bad move. Or would you have told me you have a great number with seventy? Well, no, I think when you, you've got a great or... number, I will also tell you if you got over seventy three and a half, you got you know one of the best numbers out there. So, I would. I wouldn't do anything. You know. I wouldn't. You know. I wouldn't so, even bother coming. Back I mean, the other coming way. back, yeah. you're looking for a small window at a very high number, right? So, uh, you know, I I I think middling between seventy three and a half and seventy seven and a half uh, is 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 pretty difficult. You know, Alex. And again, it's not your only play. Um, you know, taking in perspectives is good, but you you know this, and uh, from your experience, and certainly uh, your dad and, and your grandfather, you you bet with conviction, and uh, you know if uh, unless something happened in the game that that was you know unless there was a big injury or right. illness announced right beforehand, but um, you got the best total. So in terms of the number, I'm, I'm also a student though, you know, learning yeah. each day. No, so. absolutely. So so listen. Forty uh, for, in forty sixth year of this here in uh, in Las Vegas, and there's always something to learn for sure. Two uh, Pac twelve dogs I want to bring up real yeah. quick. Uh, Colorado's taking money against Arizona. Yeah, uh, down to nine in that one, and in Utah, you know, Vinny, you guys are still the peak of the market here on this game in Washington and nine. There's some. E there's even eight out there on this one uh, with the Utes on the road at Seattle today, which. Mm -hmm. I mean, it will not be an easy game for Washington having to go against that defense. Yeah, let's start with Colorado. I think, you know, Colorado getting attention here, not unusual. Colorado's gotten betting attention all year, uh, and now they're home. Now, this is against a very good Arizona team. Probably, you know, I think uh, this coach deserves, uh, uh, you know, coach of the year consideration, not just in the Pac-12, but maybe nationally, uh, considering the job he's done. I mean, this was a team that was – uh, you know, uh, look to be at the bottom uh, of the conference going into the season, right? A complete, uh, just about a, com a complete rebuild, but they've done a great job. Uh, so, but n not really surprised that Colorado's drawing money here. Um, in terms of, of Utah and Washington, you know, <clears throat> we saw the Utes score a ton of points last week. Where, where did that come from? Uh, and the way I mentioned that Oregon has really refocused since the Washington loss. Washington's not been the same since that victory, when you think about it. There's been several escapes since since that game. Um, and so, you know, this is a game where they did take the 9.5, and, and we kind of toggled back and forth between 9.5 and, nine and, a half and nine, uh, sitting at 9 now. But I know that there's some more consideration for Utah here. I'm not sure if this is one of your plays, Alex, but uh, uh, this, you know, Utah, listen, they – they, they scored points uh, last week. Where, where did that come from? So I actually have a play on both of those, too. So I'll start there. I um, Well, I guess I don't have a play. I have a lean on that one, and I'm leaning towards Washington okay. in this one. Mm -hmm. Because you mentioned Washington struggled, but they really they looked good last week, and they kind of got back, right? They What they were used to doing. I don't like Utah in this spot because of the contrast of style. Mm -hmm. And we saw what happened with them against Oregon. and. So I don't think this is a great spot for Utah, and I would definitely lean to the favorite here, favorite or pass for me. Um, other one, I am, I am definitely <laughs> backing Colorado here against Arizona, kind of a, you know, uh, selling Arizona at this point. I think gotcha. they've done fantastic. I've actually been on them when they were an underdog. Got some good upsets there with this team. But now I think the market is right, and I actually think they've kind of over-adjusted, and I think they're laying too many points here. Colorado is at home. They have covered in their last two games. I know they haven't been pretty. I know that Sador is getting sacked more than anyone. But I think Colorado can make some adjustments here. And even on the coaching staff, I mean, look at what happened in their last game. They could have went into halftime 7-3, and they made some mistakes, tried to throw the yeah. football. Pick six. Now they're down fourteen three. So I think I think it's a good spot for Colorado at home here and Arizona. You know they they got their six win. They're bowl eligible. Maybe this is a little letdown spot for them. Down. Don't I'm not taking them to get an upset, but ten points with Colorado I think is a good, lot. A good number. Uh, by the way, Alabama just went to twelve uh, against uh, Kentucky. Another nine o'clock game. So as we uh, 
as we sit here and uh, these uh, these plays come in and the action comes in, you're seeing the uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the numbers move. So yeah, well, we're in at we're in at eleven, so it's better than twelve. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I still again I I. I Still think Alabama is going to win this game by two touchdowns. Well, but you know, don't chase the bad number. They've played. Uh, they've played well, right? Since the yeah. Texas loss, since the uh, Mayro benching, uh, and uh, you know him coming back, I think Alabama's done a lot of good things. And actually, in terms of power ratings, uh, I've got them in the top four. And I've always said this. You know, listen, with all due respect to the committee, there's, you know, there's rankings and there's ratings, and uh, you know. Would you, in our world, you just give us the matchups and we'll give you the prices, but uh, Alabama is still one of the top uh, power-rated teams. You've been saying that since about week five. Yeah. Been, and they, I, they, they bounced back after mm-hmm. their loss, and yeah. then each week you've been telling us and everybody, they're still up there. They're, they're still up there, and they're making their way yep. up. I would like to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. They, it, it always, it, I would. There, there's always a little bit more uh, juice, if you will, uh, you know, or I should say interest, uh, because they're one of those teams that you either love or you love to hate, right? That's so. That's what we see with them. Well, and when you see them fall so early in the season, and right. then how they've responded, it, you can't help but root for them yeah. now again. And there's other teams that we get yeah, to hate, right. right? We right. we want to see Georgia to thrown. So. <laughs> Vinny, we'll let you go back to work. All right, I'm going to go back to work. Well, Great you, job. You're required you. to go this way, though. Well, I'm going to go. I'm gonna, yeah, the, I can't do it. Only Jimmy Vaccaro can do the, the, the walk The walk like around. That. Vinny That's Maliulo, right. everyone. Thank Great you, job. Vinny. Pleasure as always. Alex, we'll wrap things up. We'll keep it here. Uh, let's go to Mizzou and Tennessee here. Both of us are on the same side in this game. Luther Burden is going to play. Big news for Mizzou, their star wide receiver. Good. Arguably the best wide receiver in the country so far this year. Uh, down to two at some spots. Behind us, still two and a half on this one. Total 59 and a half. We're both on Mizzou money line in this game. That's right. And I'm surprised there's not more movement with him playing. But I think Mizzou's the better team in this matchup. I think Brady Cook's the better quarterback in this game. So I feel good um, with them being at home. Tennessee, I mean, they're really down from last year. And I think you already mentioned that. But offensively, last year they were averaging 46 points a game. This year, 34.8. Big difference here. And remember, they did get the win last year. I think it was 66 uh, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee put 60 on Mizzou last year. Yes, they year, did. And they ran it up uh, in that game in Knoxville. Uh, I would imagine, well... Josh Heupel's not the most popular guy in Columbia to begin with, uh, with the way that he left for the Central Florida head coaching job. Uh, it would not shock me if this is if if the shoe is on the other foot today. The Mizzou does the exact same thing uh, that Tennessee does did to them a year ago. Uh, let's uh, go to another SEC game real quick. Auburn and Arkansas. Arkansas just had a brutal year. Uh, two and a half now in the market. I took three earlier in the week with Auburn. If you want to get involved in this game, I would just outright Auburn at this point. I, I do think they win the game. Really, it was just a number take on three, but they are the better football team. Now, granted, for Arkansas, a little bit of desperation here. They lose this game, no bowl for them, which would be a monster disappointment. Uh, if they win this one, they'll beat FIU next week, and then that uh, fictitious battle line rivalry with my alma mater will be up the final week of the season. Uh, but uh, I like Auburn today. I just think they're the better football team, uh, and you're getting you're getting a, a nice a little chunk on the money line here with Auburn. I completely agree. I made Auburn about a half a point favorite on the road in Arkansas, but I missed the three, so I, I haven't played this game. But right when you wrote me that, I was like, dang, that was a lean for me. Hugh Freeze has done really good with this Auburn team. We've seen a little bit of up and down, but, I mean, they played Georgia really tight and Ole Miss. Um, then they went back-to-back weeks so they're also in need of a win here they're five and four they need one more um i know we've got bama to finish their year so we're probably going to count that one out i would i would think they'd want to get it done right here well they get new mexico state next week so they'll win that game uh, against uh against the aggies uh there jordan Hare a a week from now uh florida and lsu Jaden daniels looks like he is going to play today lines up to 15 alex Total 67 and a half. You doing anything with Florida at LSU? I am not. Okay. I Florida stinks. <laughs> That's all I have to say in this. And it's just a matter of when laying a lot of points in conference with a team that has a bad defense, a lot of things can go wrong. So if you made me play something in this game, I know the total's gone up throughout the week. 
Still probably okay at 67 and a half over. Probably. But uh, I wouldn't, if you don't want to get, in, again, you don't have to bet every game. Uh, they have to book them all, but we don't have to bet them all. Uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma. Uh, I bet Oklahoma earlier in the week. I bet them at 11 and a half and 12 in this game against West Virginia. Uh, I, I think it's 12 and a half now. I still think it's fine at that. Uh, you know, there's one concern, one school thought that concerns me with this game, that Oklahoma back-to-back losses, not playing for the playoff anymore, that really the, the air is out of the balloon. West Virginia has a backdoor shot here to get to nine wins, which would be incredible for them. That's the only concern here, that this is a letdown based off the fact that Oklahoma is not playing for playoff contention anymore, Alex. But I think the Sooners, they're ever going to have a huge effort. It's returning home after back-to-back road losses and they handle their business and win comfortably against West Virginia. Completely agree. Lean Oklahoma, I didn't see a good number like that out there, so I stayed away. But, I mean, they lost to two really good teams, and they were on the road. So yeah. now they're back at home. West Virginia, kind of the opposite. They beat beat up on two bad teams. So I think we see the Sooners bounce back here. TCU hosting Texas. Quinn Ewers back for the Longhorns. 12-and-a-half the number right now, 54-and-a-half the total. Texas, of course, favored in Fort Worth. I, I couldn't do anything in this game. I thought these numbers are right. Uh, I think TCU is bad. Uh, I thought a lot showing that last year was one of maybe the biggest aberration in the history of college football for a one-off. Um, which credit to them for taking advantage yeah. of it last year to get to the title game. Uh, but I, I want to see how Ewers looks before getting involved with a Texas game again. Hopefully we see um, how he looked with you know, in that Alabama game, but yeah. you never know. And it might take a little bit of time, but yeah, you're right. TCU um, went from 35.3 points a game last year, down to 29.2. Just been very disappointing. Um, it would be favorite or pass for me, but no play. We're both on Houston at two against Cincinnati today. It's three now. Would you still advocate a play at three or no? I'm I it's a it's a fade on Cincinnati for sure. Of course. As well as I think Houston is much better team than what their four and five record indicates. Um they lost a couple bad ones like right at the end of the game. Three's tough. I don't you know, I I don't wanna push here. So So don't chase the bad number then. Yeah. So they don't bother at three. I again I I I have Houston. I think Houston wins this game by three personally. Okay. So I I would I would not lay the three. Just maybe get an in game scenario. Even if Cincinnati's just moving the ball a little bit on the first drive, you can get one of those where down to Houston one and a half. Maybe even Houston pick if Cincy's in the red zone. Uh, yep. This is a straight fade of the Bearcats. That's all this is. I don't. I, again, the fact that Houston is a shot at a bowl game, I think, is pretty miraculous. I've had them as the worst team in the conference going into the year. Now Cincinnati has that distinction, and that's not yeah. changing the rest of the year in the Big 12. All right, before we get out of here, we got time for two more quickly here. Maryland, Nebraska, starting in a few moments. Maryland's two-point favorites against Nebraska, total 42.5. This total is too high still. Even though it's come down, I still think you can go under and get away with it. We talked about Nebraska's offense. They're horrific on offense, but they're very good on defense. And ever since that second half in Columbus, Columbus, Maryland has totally fallen apart this year. Yes, they really have. And this is another Big Ten pass for me because my numbers say Nebraska take the points, but we kind of talked about this before the show. There's like eight teams in the Big Ten that are all about five-point difference. So it's with the home field um, points that you add in, it's always going to kind of put you on the – on the home team. So I've kind of figured that out and kind of stayed away from these big 10 games. I want to get one of your Mountain West plays here before we finish with Ohio State and Michigan. Colorado State hosting San Diego State. It's down to three and a half on this one now with the Rams laying it at home. Wow. Okay. So I laid four with Colorado State. Basically, I just don't think SDSU is a good football team at all. And um, they beat Ohio, they beat Indiana State, and then they. Um, they lost to Reno, and Reno they helped Reno snap their losing record. Lost six zero in that one. So Colorado State, they've been right there, hanging in there with games. I think this is the one where they uh, come out on top with pretty comfortably. And the final one we'll get to here today, seven thirty at the shoe. Ohio State's a thirty-two point favorite. Totals forty-seven. Alex, you bet it earlier in the week at under forty-eight. Would you still go under forty-seven in this game? Uh, I don't know. It could be one of those, like you said, maybe Ohio State, you know, tries to put some style points and I can't really see them 
Well, I don't know. I actually could see him shutting out Michigan State here, so I don't hate it, but I like I like the 48 comfortably. What do you think on this one? Not Nothing at all. I, I didn't bet this at all because I really don't think Ohio State's offense, although the only reason they're able to move the ball is because those receivers are elite, and Henderson, when he's healthy, is awesome. McCord is a mediocre quarterback. Right. Um, that defense is great. The defense has been much better than I think anyone expected this year. Main reason you can't do anything with this game, though, is on the Michigan State side. What effort are we getting? Are they going to come out with a big effort like they did last week in that win against Nebraska? Or are they going to give up when this game's 14 nothing midway through the first quarter? I have no idea what we're getting here. So this was a complete stay away for me, mostly because I don't know what I'm getting out of the Spartans, more so than the Buckeyes. So, all right. That's a college football Saturday preview for you here on Sports by the Book. We're back tomorrow. Back tomorrow. Back tomorrow. By the way, anything on the Germany game tomorrow? Colts two-point favorites? No, thank nope. you. No, okay. <laughs> Easy enough. I have nothing in that game either. Colts Patriots early morning in Frankfurt tomorrow. We'll preview the whole slate in the NFL. We're back at 9 tomorrow here at Sports by the Book. For Alex White, I'm Jeff Parle. Shout out crew, Jerry, Sean, and Ann doing great job as always behind the glass. We'll see you again tomorrow at 9 a.m. here on Sports by the Book.